Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Hunting History. This is where we're going to take a look at unusual and unique historical events. My name is Hunter, I will be your host. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. So today we're looking at the sunken pirate city and the catastrophic events that took place there in the late 1600s. So here's some background on the city. So Port Royal, Jamaica is what's known today as the sunken pirate city. It was a pirate hub throughout the 1600s, earning the nickname Wickedest City on Earth. At its height, it had 8,000 people believed to be living there and was a very rich city. But on June 7, 1692, a 7.5 magnitude earthquake hit the city and sank 33 acres of it into the ocean. That's two-thirds of the whole city, which is an outrageous amount of a city to lose. So let's look at Port Royal before this earthquake. The island of Jamaica was owned by the British all the way until the mid-1900s. The English and Spanish were fighting constantly and had various wars and conflicts from the 1500s to the early 1800s for a multitude of reasons, but most of those reasons being religious differences and greed. Pirates, who were also called privateers, had permission from the British to attack and raid the Spanish ships that were crossing the Caribbean. It's rumored that the English would take up to one-fourth of what the pirates took, but if I was a 17th century pirate, there's no way I'm telling the whole amount, or any amount, if I could get away with that. I have this slight feeling that pirates of the time probably weren't real keen on paying their taxes. So Port Royal, being the pirate hub that it was, had some famous pirates spend some time there. It's rumored that Blackbeard spent time there, although if you look at the famous pirate's timeline of his uh, career... It's hard to believe that he would have been there during the event, or even before. Captain Henry Morgan, the man the rum was named after, <clears throat> uh, spent time there. Captain Morgan, through some good privateering, some marriage nonsense, and politics, the cat became governor of Jamaica at various times. So here's where the city's nickname comes in. Along with the fact the city was filled with pirates, pirates are known to love them some, some pleasure, said that 20% of all of the buildings in Port Royal at the time were either a brothel, a tavern, or gambling house. Although I feel like most likely some form of all three were going on inside each of the buildings. I don't think they had very strict rules on uh, business types and licenses and, and things of that nature. This place had to be so dirty. If you ask people even today in modern day America what the dirtiest establishments you can walk into are, they're going to tell you either a bar, a non-Vegas strip casino, or a strip club. I can't imagine how they were in 17th century Jamaican pirate city. I don't know how the entire population of the island didn't die from some disease. I'm sure that was their leading cause of death at the time. It, it had to be. But because of the pleasure and the vast riches on the island, it attracted many people to the island. Kind of like how Vegas does today. This included people who weren't pirates but were merchants and bar owners and such. People looking to get rich or escape from the quote-unquote real world of Europe. The harbor itself could fit up to 500 ships at a time. And now I know that modern cruise ships are incomparably bigger than a pirate ship at the time. But for that comparison, the cruise port in Miami can hold about 8 cruise ships at a time. It's 
believe that the city was almost as crowded as London was. So all of these things that Port Royal had going on at the time did two things. First, it made most people back home in Europe not fans of the city. And second, it set the city up for a major disaster. The disaster came and made the people back in Europe very happy. Well, actually three disasters came all at once. There's one huge issue that we have to talk about real fast before we get more into it. The city was built on sand. It was built on sand. That doesn't usually end well for a city or any kind of structure. So this will come into play later, so just remember that. And another thing, if you look at where Jamaica is geographically, like on the map, it sits right where the Caribbean plate and the North American plate meet. So, let me ask you this. What happens when you build a dirty, morally bankrupt city on top of sand and a major fault line? I, th I think you can see what's about to happen. Okay, it's now mid-morning, June 7th, in 1692. There's a rumble from the north part of the island. The first disaster is about to happen. A massive 7.5 magnitude earthquake hits the island. Now, the streets of Port Royal were very narrow, and all the buildings were quite tall, and they were all made of bricks. So what do you do during an earthquake? Do you risk staying inside and going down with the building? Or do you go outside and try to dodge flying bricks and debris and who knows what else? People really had no good option, no safe option, nowhere to go. Disaster 1. Here comes the second disaster. Because the city was built on sand, right next to the ocean, and being hit by an earthquake, you get this thing called liquefaction. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Liquefaction is basically making quicksand. When you shake sand or loose soil and add some water, things sink. Buildings were sinking into the ground with people still stuck inside of them that didn't try to dodge the bricks. There were people that did try to dodge the bricks that were sinking into the ground outside, in the streets, all the way to their necks. It, it really shows how truly evil of a city that this place was when it's reported that people began looting each other before the earthquake even stopped. Disaster 2. So what's the worst thing that can happen to a city experiencing an earthquake and beginning to sink into literal quicksand? Ah yes, our third disaster, a tsunami. We all know that island earthquakes are usually followed up by tsunamis. The tsunami finished the sinking of the city in only a couple of minutes. There are still houses today that are intact 15 feet under the water in what's now part of the harbor. Some of the ships in that harbor at the time were thrown into the buildings still standing in the city when the waves hit, thus finishing the transformation of Port Royal into the sunken pirate city. In total, 33 acres ended up underwater, which was two-thirds of the city. When it was all said and done, 2,000 people died during the events, and another 3,000 died after due to injuries and diseases, for a total of 5,000 people dead in a city of only 8,000 or about 62% of the city's population. Losing two-thirds of your people and two-thirds of your land will devastate any city. Because of the great loss and lack of resources, bodies floated around the city for days. The people back in Europe had said that God got his revenge on the wickedest city on earth. Port Royal could have been one of the greatest cities on earth at the time, but it should have never even been built, for various reasons. It is inevitable that one day it would fall. The city, like the pirates that lived there, put up a good fight. It wasn't going to be taken down by one, just one disaster. 
It took an earthquake, followed by quicksand, and then a tsunami to sink the great pirate city. Alright, that's our story today. Thanks to everyone who listened to this first episode of Hunting History. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave a review, like it. Uh, follow us on Instagram at, at @huntinghistorypod and on Twitter at, at @hhistorypodcast. If you have an idea for an event, uh, DM it to me on there. Uh, I'll take a look. I'll see what I can do. Uh, so, my name's Hunter. Until our next unusual and unique historical event, goodbye. <laughs>